Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning. Welcome. This Wednesday morning, January the 5th, third day of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yeah, made it through the first day. Second day, a little easier. I'm, I'm ready for a good day today, and I hope you are as well, and uh, looking forward to seeing all of you. I get sort of enamored when and enraptured when before uh, the intro comes on, I see all of you starting to join. Say a prayer. Don, we were praying for you yesterday, and uh, Kim, it's good to see you. Gene, Kayla, all of you. What a privilege to be a part of a great family of God. And in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're just getting back to the roots of this morning devotion. Started on my personal Facebook page, let's see, August 2019, did 21 days, just decided to carry on. We've gone through the pandemic. Can you believe we're getting ready to start a third year soon of this pandemic? My, my. Um, But here we are, and we've stayed together, encourage one another. And so we're back to our roots, back to our roots this morning with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And as you know, we're loosely following the book on prayer, uh, the 21 days uh, of devotions that are found in there. So today we'll be doing day three and uh, practicing his presence. I'll mention more about that in just a second. You can get the book on prayer At the Pentecostal Publishing House, Amazon.com, Digital Print, Audio, TheBookOnPrayer.com, several sites there. Thank you for being a part. Those that are watching on Facebook, those that are watching on YouTube, I think we've got Instagram figured out. Not quite sure on that one yet. It's a tricky little process. And and I really don't have enough caffeine in my system to know if I figured it out or not. But thank you for being a part of 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. We're believing God for some great things today and for you. I am praying, uh, Luanda, Hope, I'm praying that in this 21 days, things will just get back to as normal as they're going to be. And this pandemic will be vanquished. Uh, Welcome to a lot of church groups that are joining us uh, for 21 Days, Pentecostals, Bossier City. Pastored by the Dean. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this. First Pentecostal Church, Odessa. Pastored by the Pews. Very thankful. And, and, and I always have to say my eldest brother. Yeah, Mike. I'm just letting you know that. My eldest brother. Wonderful church. First Church of Lacey, Washington. Joining us on this as well. And several other church groups. We welcome you. Thank you for being a part of this. And thank you for entrusting this opening of the year to a bunch of people that are just committed to making this the best year ever. You make this special. You are you're a vital part of this. You're the heart and soul. So the devotees, the Morning Devotion 2022 group, today's devotion, the book on prayer, is practicing his presence. Oh, wow. I read it again early this morning. And I, I, I go back to when I wrote it. I was actually... I trembled the whole time I wrote this chapter. Who am I, I thought, to be writing about practicing the presence of God? Who am I? Maybe that's why I did it. 
because I don't depend, I don't pretend to be a greater person of prayer than the next person. I just want to grow in it and to be closer to the Lord. Two things left off the page as I reread this devotion, the autopsy of prayerlessness that I, that I list in there, written by Nancy DeMoss. She looked at her own prayerless life and she said, I'm convicted. I'm convicted that prayerlessness is a sin against God, is direct obedience to the command of Christ to watch and pray, is direct disobedience to the word of God, pray without ceasing. It makes me vulnerable to temptation, watch and pray so you don't enter into temptation. Prayerlessness expresses my independence that I don't need God. It gives place to the enemy and makes me vulnerable to his scheme. Prayerlessness results in powerlessness. Have you found that hope, Patricia? I have. Prayerlessness limits and defines my relationship with God. Prayerlessness hinders me from knowing his will, his priorities, his direction. Forces me to live in the realm of the natural rather than supernatural. Leaves me weak, harried, hassled. (laughs) That's a description of our day, isn't it? Prayerlessness is rooted in pride, self-sufficiency, laziness, lack of discipline, and it reveals a real lack of burden and compassion for others. Whew, that says it all, doesn't it? Prayerlessness is like breathlessness. It's evidence of no life in God. I want to be alive in the Lord. The second thing that intrigued me when I was reading that devotion, practicing his presence, was the verse that I used. I just love this verse. Psalm 87, 7, the psalmist said, all my springs, Lord, all my springs are in you. My life-giving power, my resources, my hope, and my help. It's all in you, God. And that, that verse gave rise to this parallel thought today, to the third day of devotions, immersed in healing waters. My springs are in you. That's why we pray. That's why we practice his presence. Our springs, our refreshing, our hope, our help, our strength. Oh, can I get a witness? It's all in the Lord. And I've just been drawn into that thought early this morning, the springs of life and healing. That drew me into the gospel of John because one of John's theme is water, living water. John 1. John is baptizing with water, but he says Messiah is coming that will baptize with spirit. John 2, water turns into wine. John 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born of water and spirit. And by the way, for the first 200 years of the church, the birth of water was baptism in water, calling on the name of Jesus. Birth in the spirit was baptism in the spirit with evidence of speaking in a heavenly language. Can I get a witness to that? John 4, Jesus meets the woman at the well of Samaria, said, drink of this, you'll thirst again, but I got a well of living water. I'm telling you. And then John 7, John 7, when Jesus is standing on the steps of the temple, the occasions, the feast of tabernacles, when the priests symbolically pour down the steps of the tabernacle, a pitcher of water, and Jesus uses that imagery That last day, the great day of the feast, you know this passage, he stood and cried and said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. (laughs) He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his 
I know the new translation says innermost beings, but let's say belly. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. But the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Yeah. One scholar said of John, the gospel of John, so filled with water. The emblem of John's gospel is water. So saturated with water. Here's what he said, that it gurgles. Immersed in healing waters. And so it's no, it's no accident in John 5. We're at a place of water, a pool of Bethesda. It means the house of mercies, house of grace. Invalids brought there by the score. Multitudes of needs. Crowds of hurt and headaches. A melting pot of misery and despair. Why were they brought there? Why did this multitude of people come daily to this body of water? Because they had a belief that annually, a certain season, once a year, an angel from heaven would come down and trouble the waters. And when that heavenly presence came down, they were in the place where healing waters flowed and they could be healed. And so it was worth any convenience, any sacrifice, anything they possessed to gather their daily in hope that I would be immersed in healing waters. Name a dip seven times in Jordan's River was healed. He was immersed in healing waters. William, why that, Lupe? I want to see us immersed in healing waters. A blind man washed mud from his eyes in the pool of Siloam and regained his sight, immersed in healing waters. Ezekiel 47, the prophet foresaw a day, a stream of healing water that would flow. And and I love this in the King James, whithersoever the water floweth, everything was healed, was looking to the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, healing waters, immersed in healing waters. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. I want my springs to be. I want to pray because it's in that immersion into his world, healing comes, understanding comes. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. That quest for healing waters is universal. Everybody suffers. Can I get a witness? Lonnie, Penny, everybody suffers. Some emotionally, some physically, some visibly, some invisibly. Some suffer from woulda, coulda, shouldas, and some suffer in relationships. I don't believe people want to suffer. But should suffering come, they need to know that there there is healing in the presence of the Lord, that there are healing waters. Jesus stepped into that assembled crowd of sick people. He picked a hard case, a man paralyzed for 38 years. He asked him, do you want to be well? The man said, I do. That's why I'm here every day. I I don't have anybody to carry me into the water. Somebody always gets to the healing waters first before I do. How could he know that the man who stood in his midst was the one Isaiah said would be wounded for our transgressions, would be bruised for our iniquity, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. The Bible said of Jesus, he went about healing people and doing good. Lameness, blindness, leprosy, 
paralysis. They fell before Jesus. He not only possessed the ability to heal, get this, he has the willingness to heal. Now, I know all sick people don't get healed, not in this life, but I believe that all sick people should trust God for healing. Just as Paul found, when we seek God for healing, we either find the healing or we find grace to sustain us. I, I opened the Word of God in my Bible reading today and then just got lost. And The Bible talks about the reading the Word of God. It's like the washing of water by the Word. His words immerse you. We should pray the promises of God. Believe them. Can I just let the waters flow over you? The water of the word of God. Where God said in Exodus 15, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Exodus 23, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Oh, we need to hear that in 2022. We need to hear that right now. Over a million new cases of COVID were what, Monday? I don't know. Deuteronomy seven fifteen. the Lord will take away from thee all sickness. Psalm 91, it's one of my favorite psalms, you know. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. Shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Oh, I wish I had a choir right now. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. In verse 3, who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Psalm 107, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. Yeah, I'll suffer. Here's the clue. Here's the clue, folks. They cry unto the Lord in all their trouble, and he saveth them out of the distresses. He sent his word and healed them. We are being immersed right now in healing waters, the washing of the water by the word. Jeremiah 30, God says, I will restore health into thee. I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Malachi 4.2. But unto you that fear my name, let the sun of righteousness arise on this morning devotion crowd with healing in his wings. Jesus heals. Yes, he does. He heals the hurting. He heals the wounded. He heals the isolated. We know who heals, but where does he heal? The man, the man, what an expression of faith each and every morning to go to Bethesda, the healing place, not knowing if this was the day that the angel would trouble the water and I could be immersed in healing water. What faith, what perseverance. The man waited at the place where healing waters flow. I, I've lived long enough to know that the body of Christ is the healing place. When people get together, there's healing waters flowing. There's healing waters flowing right now, right now. You know, I'm, I'm looking, I, I, I never hardly look at this. Let me see. I, I see right now about 700 homes watching this, 700 smartphones, 700 people. You may be seeing it on Instagram and see a different number. YouTube, see a different number. Facebook see a different number, but I'm seeing the conglomerate about 700 homes watching this right now. This is a healing place. When we connect together as the body of Christ, healing begins to flow. When we begin to pray for one another, I read somewhere a while back that lonely people, 
are much more likely to get sick. In fact, the mortality rate for lonely people is three times higher than those people who have close relationships, who are connected. That's why I always say in this morning devotion, don't don't hide out in the shadows. Dive in. Identify yourself. Let us know where you're from. Let us know your needs. You will find the greatest group of people right here, right here, that will encourage you and lift you up. They may never meet you in the flesh. They may never see you. But there are a host of people that are praying right now. Have confidence. When we get connected, the body of Christ is operative and healing waters begin to flow. When, when we draw close to people with faith, we find strength, we find hope. I, I want to tell you a story, Barbara Comiskey. I get enraptured with this story. I read it in guideposts years ago. It's found in a book, and then I've read people who've defended it. She, when she was 14, Barbara was the picture of health. Age 15, she began to stumble, lose coordination. Vision blurred. Her left hand tightened into a half fist. And some of you already know where this is going. You've got personal experience with this. By the age of 19, Barbara was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis. As a young adult in 1977, she could hardly breathe. Her diaphragm was paralyzed. A lung had collapsed, withered. A hole was cut out in her neck where she could breathe. And then she suffered heart attacks three times. Then other complications, sicknesses, tumors. At the age of 31, after so much suffering, she and her family prepared for her death. Throughout those 16 years of pain and debilitating sickness, here was her prayer. Lord, my life is yours. And as death drew near, nurses could overhear her whispering to the Lord as if he was standing right by her bedside. Everything changed for Barbara on Sunday, June 7, 1981, when a religious radio station reported her condition in hundreds of calls and cards started flooding the station. Women from the church where Barbara went gathered and told Barbara what happened, began to read the messages to her. And while these women began to read the message at her deathbed, Barbara heard a different voice so strong and reassuring. And she heard that voice say, my child, get up and walk. She hadn't walked in years. She couldn't walk. She told the women gathered there what what she had heard, and they said, we will help you. They swung her legs over the bed, and Barbara, for the first time in years, felt atrophied muscles come back to life. And what she hadn't done in years, she began to do. She started walking. Her dad happened to enter the room at the very same moment, saw what was happening. They embraced. And they began to dance around the room. From that day, one lung was fully restored. The tumor started disappearing. Spinal taps in the weeks and months following would reveal there's no trace of MS in her body. And her story's been told again and again. School friends, family members, even her doctor affirmed that a miracle had taken place. There has to be a place, folks, where healing waters flow, where people of faith do what they do best. Love and believe, hope and help, and bring people back to strength and life. Angela, you know I believe in that place. Sue, you know I believe in that place. Hear me carefully. 
If God can't do this, nobody can. If the body of Christ is not able to minister to the sick and they be healed, then who else will? At times, God is going to use medicine and doctors. All good things come from above. But other times, he's waiting on the prayers of his people to trouble the waters and to activate healing water. Because when people pray, healing waters flow. It was several years ago at a large San Francisco hospital. Researchers monitored 393 sick people. And here's the study published by the American Medical Association found that people, the patients who had people praying for them, many of them didn't even know the people were praying, had fewer complications than those who didn't. Yes, prayer, prayer, prayer. Every, every house of God is a house of prayer. It's a Bethesda. It's a healing place. Can I tell you a personal story, real personal story? About a half dozen years ago, I was kneeling in our sanctuary, and uh, it was late at night. After praying for a while in that darkened sanctuary, I felt something moving across my ankles and legs. Now, ordinarily in a darkened sanctuary, that would freak me out. That would kind of concern me, but there was something so comforting about it. I continued praying, sensed it again, something moving across my feet, ankles, legs, stronger this time. It was repeated several times. And finally, I asked the Lord, what, what, is, what is this? And I'll never forget what the Lord shared with me. He said, it's me, and my healing waters flow in this place. I'm not so vain to think that that just happens at 1850 Broadway in Pearland or 3105 Rolling Brook in Baytown. No. The healing river of God that Ezekiel saw it was so big that no man could pass over. That healing water is where you are right now. It's in your home. It's in your prayer room. It's in your local church. It's where your small group meets. It's where the prayer group meets. It's where the body of Christ is moving and speaking and living. And it's flowing right now. This is the place where healing waters flow. There are waters deep enough to swim in. I say. Let's be immersed in those healing waters. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord in that. Karen, Marlene, Winnie, Jonathan, may healing waters flow into your life. Let me close this out today. Again, thanking you for being a part of it. Share this with others. Subscribe to the page. Like the page. Follow the page. A couple of housekeeping items tonight. Uh, it's the first Wednesday in the Pearland Church, and I'm going to be sharing. They asked me yesterday if I would share my motivation on writing the book on prayer. And we have some of the copies available. I'm going to be signing some. Join us this evening for that, and then we'll have a season of prayer. Later this year, God willing, we are doing a week in the Holy Land, followed by, let me see if i got a little graphic on that, followed by a week-long cruise of the most beautiful ancient cities in the world, this group continues to grow. It's going to be an amazing time. James Bailey's email address is in the description. If you want to be a part of it, don't miss it. Thank you for, thank you for being you. And thank you for being a people of prayer. And I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. May God bless you. And may God be with you all through the day. Amen. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, 
please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.